It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. There will be baseball and there are actual baseball moves to talk about. Better than talking about the competitive balance tax. My eyes had rolled back into my head at some point. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. So how did we finally get it done, Courtney? We're going out to the phone lines right now to welcome in ESPN senior writer, baseball insider, Buster Olney. Buster, how did we finally break through here and get a deal done yesterday? Yeah, absolutely fascinating, Chris. Uh, I think it was back in early January. You know, Max Scherzer did a, an interview with the L.A. Times in which he was quoted as saying, you know, the players are fully together on this thing. And I'm telling you, you know, just talking with rank-and-file players, talking with agents, I was not getting that same feeling. Like, that the, that the potentially were they just weren't necessarily all aiming, going for the same thing. It didn't feel like that the players necessarily knew what the big goal was. Um, and so fast forward to yesterday when the players uh, get the proposal from the owners and the executive committee, you know, led by Max Scherzer effectively, they vote 8-0 to reject the deal. Uh, and then they, you know, it's put before all the rank and file players and that group overwhelmingly votes, nope, sorry guys, get out of the way. We want this deal in place 26-4 to among the 30-team player reps. And so there we are. I think the feeling in, in communicating with players uh, afterward, the rank-and-file players, their feeling was, look, there was no issue that uh, was worth potentially risking part of the season, risking paychecks. We need to push this across the line. The sentiment uh, of one player was, you know, we kept on trying to hit home runs in this negotiation. A good double would work. <laughs> and I think that that's, uh, you know, a lot of players are happy that uh, – you know, that they're going back to work and we've got five years of labor peace ahead of us. Although there's no doubt as we, the next three weeks and player moves are made, the middle class among the players, they're going to get absolutely wrecked. Uh, and, and we'll see that play out. Obviously we're happy that baseball's back, but I wanted to touch on what you were saying because it kind of feels like it comes down to the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots, those rank-and-file players that you that you spoke of who had the overwhelming vote that got this thing through, you know, they're the ones who, who helped push that through. And I'm wondering, like, what were what was the executive committee that voted down the proposal 8-0? to zero? Like, what were they still not okay with that ended up, you know, you know, they ended up not getting what they wanted. Well, from what I understood uh, from players, that there was still a hope to uh, among the executive committee that they wanted the CBT levels, uh, competitive balance tax levels, to be uh, higher. You know, they were still aiming higher so that big market teams like the Yankees, Red Sox, Mets, Dodgers, uh, you know, potentially would wind up having a you know threshold where they could spend a little bit more. I think the rank and file players at that point, they're not worried about it. They know that that, you know, that is more likely to affect a guy making $40 million than it is making a million and a half. 
Um, and I, and I, you know, there was also, I think, the realization among the middle class guys that I spoke with that a lot of the stuff that had been put in place in this deal, a lot of the in the way that the structure was fostered, that worked for the two percent, but it didn't necessarily work for the everyday guy. You know, the 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 uh, middle class guys in the union, they would have been most helped if something had been done about all the tanking teams. And it really wasn't. You know, you had a draft lottery that was put in place, that, but that's like a misdemeanor slap. Does anybody think the Orioles care about whether or not they pick fourth or sixth in the draft? Uh, and so I think among the players I spoke with, the feeling was, look, if we're not going to you know, have something completely redone, uh, let's just get a solid deal and get back to work and uh, you know, make, make up some of the financial landscape we lost in 2016 uh, now and then make up more ground in the next CBA negotiations in five years. ESPN Baseball Insider, senior writer Buster Olney, joining Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny. All right, we, we've done it all. Let's lock out the lockout talk, Buster. It's all over Woo-hoo! with. Let's actually talk <laughs> about baseball and the big free agents that are available, the Carlos Correas, the Freddie Freemans, the Clayton Kershaws. Who is the first shoe to drop in your estimation and where? Well, I think the name everybody's watching is that of Freddie Freeman uh, to see, you know, if in fact he goes back to the Atlanta Braves. A year ago, it was considered a fait accompli that that's where, you know, the face of the franchise would remain. But, um, you know, they didn't reach a deal before the shutdown, despite the fact that uh, the Braves made a lot of money, finished second in attendance. Uh, you know, we're in a, theoretically in a position where they could have paid him and they haven't had a deal and it's become a competition. Uh and so teams like the Yankees, who have talked internally about Freddie Freeman and have dreamed about batting him uh, right between Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, you know, they've talked about it. Uh, the Dodgers, certainly a, a potential landing spot, you know, trying to make up for the offense loss with Corey Seager moving on. The Toronto Blue Jays, you know, the Mets uh, checked in on it beforehand. Um, you know, we'll see. But there, there's no doubt that that's, uh, you know, that's the, the name, I think, in baseball that people are really focused on as we get this thing started. How different do you feel like this free agency period is going to be? Because before the pause on December 2nd, we saw a bunch of deals being signed and a bunch of things being agreed to. Then you have a 99-day lockout, and then you don't have that long until opening day. Like, Does this feel like this is going to change the landscape of what free agency is in Major League Baseball and just seeing frenzy after frenzy and blockbuster deals left and right? Yeah, Courtney, I think this is a one-time outlier because of the circumstance, because the, you know, the, uh, the delay with the owner's lockout and the, the scramble now. The next three weeks are going to be insane because you have almost 300 players available through free agency and through trade. You know, the Oakland Athletics are expected to make deals, you know, swap away guys like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. The Reds are out there potentially making deals. All those free agents – but, you know, besides the elite guys, the Freddie Freemans, Carlos Correa, uh, you know, Trevor Story, Clayton Kershaw, it, it's going to feel to some degree for guys in the middle like a game of musical chairs. Like, you better grab the chair. You know, these are not going to be, uh, you know, uh, 20, 40, $30 million deals. These are a lot of guys who are going to be grabbing for $1 million deal, $1.2 million deals, trying to get in place as soon as possible. And because of the sheer volume and how few days there are, We're going to see 10 to 20 players a day come off the board at some point once this thing gets rolling. Buster, last one for me. 
who is going to absolutely blow through the CBT at this point? We already know that Steve Cohen and the Mets are, but do we expect the Yankees? Who is going to be that one team that is going to make a couple of big moves if there is a team? I don't know. Chris, I don't know if there's necessarily a team that's going to blow through it the way the Mets did. I mean, you know, the Mets and Steve Cohen are in a completely different orbit. I actually think the Mets are going to do more spending. Maybe not, you know, big names, uh, the Max Scherzers of the world. But they're going to absolutely round out their bullpen. They're still going to be adding guys. They're focused on doing more of that. Um, I do think because the, the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers held their fire before the lockout because they wanted to see where the rules landed. Uh, but they are going to be doing stuff. They, they are, those big market teams really uh, held back their ammunition before the lockout began. And I think we're going to see them fire off stuff here in the next few weeks. ESPN Baseball Insider, Senior Writer, Buster Olney. Great insight as usual, Buster. Thanks. Thanks, guys. It's just great to be able to actually talk about moves that could happen more than anything else. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today, coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. The NBA is on ESPN Radio Tune in Sunday. Celtics hosting the Mavericks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Up next, it was a bloodbath in Philadelphia last night. So are there much bigger concerns for the Sixers? And should you now be taking the Nets a lot more seriously than you were before? The answer's going to surprise you, I promise. It's Carlin and Courtney in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Nets are going to win their 34th game as the players headed into the locker room. Nash and company waving to the Sixers bench. Final Brooklyn 129, the Sixers 100. The cameras following Ben Simmons. He shakes hands with James Johnson and then promptly turns to the right and heads to their locker room. Not surprising at all as to how that went down at the end of the game, but the game itself, that was a surprise. That's the call on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Hembo is with us as well as the Nets absolutely embarrassed the 76ers last night. Uh, At one point, we're up by north of 30 and end up winning by 29. James Harden, Courtney, 
absolutely awful last night. Finished with just 11 points and couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And that was his opportunity to kind of turn back around and show the Nets that he made the right decision in going to Philadelphia. And it was anything but for him last night. Did it not feel like James Harden looked a little confused out there? Maybe a little passive? He looked all of the above. It it looked just flat out awful is what it looked. He's settling for contested jumpers. He shoots two free throws. Um, His passing, his dribbling looked off. He had four turnovers, a bunch of tipped passes kind of thrown into the mix there. It's I don't think it's just that Brooklyn had the way, you know, the blueprint for figuring out James Harden because he was on their team for, uh, you know, a year and all of that. But I just, I don't know. There was something about him when you expect that eventually that, that 5-0 start that he has when he's with the Philadelphia 76ers, eventually you're going to cool off. You're not going to be perfect every single night. But I'm more concerned about what that means for Philly than I am buying into the Brooklyn Nets all of a sudden having figured it out and all of a sudden they're a championship contender again. Here's Harden on what went wrong. I think, uh, I mean, just missed shots. You know, there's no excuses. Um, I got to be better individually. Some, some, some turnovers were, you know, just careless. You know, individually, I got to be better. And then as a team, you know, I watch film and see where can we, we where can we be better. And uh, we just try to continue to improve. Like this is only our sixth game together as a unit. You know, I'm still I'm still trying to figure things out. But tonight was good for us, man. We 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 got our ass kicked, and you know, since I've been here, everything has been you know sweet, and and you know, we've been winning games, and so tonight was good for us, and we get an opportunity to come down to reality, um, you know, watch film and just continue to get better and making sure we hit the right strides. Here it is, though, for me, Hembo. I did not come out of the game because they got blown out by the Nets thinking that all of a sudden things had completely fallen apart for the Sixers, and uh, right now I'm very concerned. No, I think the Sixers are still very easily, and I know what I'm saying here, the best team in the East when everything's clicking. I really believe that, and that's because of Tyrese Maxey and and what he has done and added to this mix here. But I don't come out of last night super worried about it. As a Philly fan, is that what you took out of last night, or is there real concern on your part? I'm worried, at least a little. And the reason, but I'm is wor- that in your Philly nature? That feels like it might be more in the Philly nature. There too. are much worse things in my Philly nature that we can get to. <laughs> but aside from that. The reason that I am a little worried is because of James Harden's track record. James Harden is is as talented an offensive player as the game has practically ever seen, and his regular season statistics and accolades suggest that. However, James Harden is also a player who has come up small in big games more often than he has not, and when he encounters adversity— much more often than not, crumbles beneath it. That is my concern. I'm not at all concerned that he and Joel Embiid and and Tyrese Maxey, who's been excellent, are going to be able to figure this thing out and play well on balance. But it's not about that. It's about the moments. It's about the the last... It's about clutch time in game six. It's about Mm -hmm. big game against... X team. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not concerned that the 76ers aren't going to be able to, you know, produce. I am concerned that in the big game, like we saw last night, he's going to lay an egg. That's kind of where I'm at too, Hembo, where James Harden in the regular season, historically speaking, has not been James Harden that we've seen in the postseason. And I know in previous seasons, like when he was with the Rockets all those years, you can chalk that up to 
fatigue, seeing, you know, really good competition who's been able to exploit him in the postseason, all things like that. But statistics alone, he's shown that he can perform at a really high level during the regular season while logging heavy minutes and also doing that in the playoffs. But it's the inconsistent factor where it's like, is this foreshadowing something that we're going to see replicate itself when the playoffs starts? That would be my, like, in a vacuum assessment of why, if I was a Philly fan and if I was emotionally invested in this like you are, um, why I'd be concerned. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. On the other side, it's a little tough to take from Kevin Durant. After the game... Kevin Durant was basically trying to paint this as a game that was not all that significant to him. Most definitely, I think all of us were. You know, we uh, we look at Ben as our brother. You know, so we. That's the wrong cut. Because it's a regular season win. Did we win a championship tonight? No, no. Did we get to the clinch a playoff spot or like no? I, for you guys on the outside with the whole James situation and just the entertainment aspect of it, I'm sure it was bigger. But for us, it's. We move on to the next one. All right, stop. Because, Courtney, last night, Kevin Durant came out playing like it was Game 7 of the finals because it wasn't just about trying to protect Ben Simmons and what was going on there or at least show that he had his back. That, to me, was more about sticking it to James Harden. Yes. And there was no doubt that that was all the motivation that he needed. He came out guns a-blazing last night. That was no ordinary win. This is the mo- the pettiest player in the NBA. So, of course, when he sees somebody who, you know, he wanted when he came to Brooklyn. I mean, he and Kyrie Irving pair up and then getting James Harden there via the trade. Like that was something that he wanted. So when James Harden inevitably leaves and is part of his own process of leaving and wanting to get out, then, of course, you're going to have... A, a Kevin Durant seeking, I don't know if you call it revenge, but trying to put on a show. But I will also say this. I was at Kevin Durant's game when he was with the Warriors, his first return to Oklahoma City, and knowing what that was like. And granted, that was a far different situation, I think, than what Ben Simmons faced when he was going back to Philadelphia last night for the first time, being in that arena for the first time in a year. Like, he knows what that's like for a teammate and for his teammate going through that. And granted, it was a lot more hostile in Oklahoma City when he went through it in 2017. But I don't think that he took that lightly, just knowing like what Ben Simmons would have to face in going back and knowing that he wasn't able to play and actually like, you know, stand up for himself in that respect. Yeah, look, Durant can say whatever he wants, okay? You're right. Among the pettiest players in the league and – Really, he has nobody to blame but himself for the situation that he has put himself in. It's, it, it, it just reminds me of that scene from Animal House where they take out Flounder's car and they absolutely ruin it. It gets destroyed and Otter puts his arm around his shoulder and says, you screwed up, you trusted us. And that's exactly what Kevin Durant did. He trusted Kyrie Irving to be the guy that he could pair with to go win a championship, and he trusted James Harden to be that guy when history would dictate that that was not the case. 
Irving won a championship because he was with the greatest player in the league at the time and LeBron James. But since then, he has done whatever he has wanted. And basketball just simply is not the most important thing to him at this point. I I come away from this. If Durant's mad at anybody, he should be mad at himself. (laughs) That's all there is to it. After trading away Carson Wentz, the Colts need a quarterback. Chris Canty and Courtney Cronin, they might have the solution. It's in moments. Oh, and by the way, it's what everybody waits for. It's who you got with Bubba in moments on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay, but who else is actually going to be able to be with him? It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Let's take a listen to Greeny from earlier this week and a thought he had regarding Rodgers and the amount of money he's going to be getting. I am in no way suggesting that Aaron Rodgers shouldn't, or any person, shouldn't take every penny they can if they want to. Aaron Rodgers has more than earned it. There's no amount of money you can pay him that I would say, well, that's too much for him. He's the best. But every penny he takes from the salary cap is a penny they can't afford to pay a linebacker or a safety or a right guard or all these other people they need around him. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's easy to spend other people's money and I'm not here to do it. And look, in, in every contract negotiation I've ever been in, I've gotten every penny I can. But I am not a person with hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank and the ease with which he will continue to make money for the rest of his life. Aaron Rodgers will make a fortune the rest of his life being Aaron Rodgers. Hi, my name is Aaron Rodgers. Here's $100 million. I think if I were in his position, now again, I've never been and I'm never going to be. So maybe if I were sitting in his chair, I'd feel differently. I would be very tempted to go the Brady route. And why not at this point? Because all that's left for Aaron Rodgers is to win more championships. And Courtney, this has always driven me nuts about big-time quarterbacks. It's not just because Brady did it, right? But it's because 
when you see guys like Drew Brees who only won one, it's because they did take every single penny and perhaps that extra player or two would have made the difference in getting them over the hump to win a championship that would further enhance their legacy. Yeah, and I think the thing that he's going to run into here is because we've seen this is a four-year, reported four-year, $200 million contract. It's going to pay him about 50 a year. There's over $150 million alleged guarantees in this. How is that going to affect the rest of your roster? Like, should he have taken less to help build around him? Because we've seen what this team has been at its best, and I'm not saying that was the case last year because they were so injured, and how far that got them. They still needed a couple missing pieces to help them get over the hump, and now are they going to be hindered in doing that? Do you believe right now they're going to get over the hump this year with how it's presently constituted? Honestly, I don't. And I felt that for a while because I just I think this is as good as it's going to get, the roster the way it is, because I don't know how much more they can spend to fix their secondary. I totally agree. And I also think that part of it, too, is regular season doesn't matter for Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's got four MVPs. What matters is getting it done in the postseason. And this past year, he was bad against the Niners. Previously on Greeny. I think the Eagles could be the next team to take a big jump there. A lot of it will depend on how they use their draft picks this year. But I liked what I saw from that coach last year, and I liked what I saw from the young quarterback another year. If he just gets... I don't know what his ceiling is, but if he reaches it, whatever it is, I think they could be much better. I happen to agree with him. I think Jalen Hurts' ceiling is actually pretty good, and we'll see how close they get. That's Weekly Rewind, brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and on SiriusXM channel 80. Courtney, you have been on this for quite some time. And Chris Canty of ESPN, who of course owns, uh, hosts Afternoons with Canty from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time here on ESPN Radio, was on this morning on Get Up and had a very similar thought as to you did as to what the Colts should be doing when it comes to a quarterback now that they have traded away Carson Wentz. The name that's been floated out there is Kirk Cousins as a potential mm. trade target for the Indianapolis Colts. Kirk Cousins is in the final con- final contract year of his deal out in Minnesota. And when you think about it, a $45 million cap hit, $35 million of yearly cash, it seems like it would be a deal that Minnesota would be interested in because teams typically don't let quarterbacks go into the season as a lame duck. And if they're not going to extend them, which they don't seem like they're positioning themselves to do, then potentially looking at what you could get for Kirk Cousins from the Indianapolis Colts, a team that's desperate for a quarterback, makes all the sense in the world. Courtney, as somebody that has watched Kirk Cousins as closely as you have, having covered the Vikings over the last several years, is Kirk Cousins getting traded to the Colts a good fit? I think so. And it's not just the financial weight that would be off the Minnesota Vikings and for Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the new GM, and Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach, to get a fresh start. I mean, yes, Kevin O'Connell can work with Kirk Cousins. He can make that a feasible option for his first year if they are doing what I tend to think is the realistic play here in letting him play out the $45 million cap hit, not extending him because then you continue to cement yourself to a quarterback whose ceiling we have seen. That is a fact. Um, 
I think it's the smart play to explore all options here, to be answering the phone if and when Indianapolis calls, because you could get out from under the contract that he has, as Chris had mentioned. That's a $35 million base salary that is already fully guaranteed. We've seen what mediocrity is in the NFL and that it pays, in a way, to be mediocre. What did the Washington football team, excuse me, the Washington Commanders just do with Carson Wentz? They took on his entire salary. Carson Wentz is a worse quarterback than Kirk Cousins. There's going to be another team out there, and maybe it is the Indianapolis Colts, who have a lot of pieces offensively and a pretty good defense that they can actually believe that if you get the right quarterback, you can have a long-term you know, trajectory here. And maybe it is a one-year rental, but I, t- I wouldn't think that you know, Kirk would be in a position, uh, they'd want to be in a position of just like renting Kirk Cousins for $35 million on a base salary and a $45 million cap hit. I think you would be, knowing this quarterback and knowing how he structures deal deals, looking at like a two- to three-year extension right away to lower that number. Then you're in position for the next couple of years to actually contend with the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South. So I think it's a really good option for both parties and for Minnesota. And there is a big section of this fan base, Chris, that wants to see them move on from Kirk Cousins and wants to see them in position to start over and draft a rookie quarterback and have somebody on a rookie deal that you can build around. It makes sense. Like this is probably your only way, only option of doing it because now the Colts are in prime position to be calling the Vikings, potentially calling the Raiders, and maybe a few other teams there as they try to figure out who their starter is going to be for week one. He's got the knock about how he plays in prime time, which has always not been good. And you would turn and look at the numbers for Kirk Cousins and you would say, what's the problem? How can you not win with this guy? Yet, this is one of those guys that you cannot quantify, Hembo, when we're trying to look at numbers. For whatever reason, it just does not feel like it's a good fit Personally, I don't believe you can win with Kirk Cousins. I think you're right. And I did um, some research this morning for Chris Canty on the radio show. So Cousins' average season in Minnesota, he threw 31 touchdowns against nine interceptions. That's an excellent, obviously an excellent ratio behind the number 25 ranked offensive line in terms of pass protection. So that would obviously be a feather in his cap. But you don't see any high level winning. So I'm sort of with you here and it makes a decent amount of sense. But Courtney, I would ask you this. The Colts don't even have a first-round pick because they already traded that for Carson Wentz, who they just traded again. Mm-hmm. What, is, what does Kirk Cousins cost? And if we're going to match uh, Kirk Cousins with the Colts, what might they give up to get him? That is the multi-million dollar question because there's been the belief thrown around that you can get a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins. I don't think you're getting a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins. Not if you're taking I, all $35 million. Wow. Absolutely not. And, you know, the way that would make sense to me in, the, in how you structure this, but then Carson Wentz in that situation just blew my thinking out of the water, is that you would structure it the way that the Rams and the Denver Broncos did when they took when the Rams took on that portion, or excuse me, the Denver Broncos took on a portion of Von Miller's salary mm-hmm. that was already fully guaranteed for the 2021 season and then get, got draft picks in return. Like that, They kind of structured it the way that you see a lot of NBA trades happen. That doesn't happen all that often where like teams are splitting it and we are responsible for, for X amount because we're the team that's trading the player away and we'll pay this portion of his salary. Usually when that happens, it's just you're just dealing with a bunch of dead money uh, and dead cap for the team that's trading the player away. But if you end up finding a team 
that is willing to take on the financial constraints that come with Kirk Cousins, I think you'd be willing to forego getting as much draft capital back in return. You know, they've got less than 10 picks this year. I think it's around eight right now, and and, and that's a good number. They have to fix their cap before the start of the new league year next week. So if you're anticipating something happening, keep a close eye on the next couple of days because they're still about $15 million over the cap, and they've got to make a decision on defensive end Daniil Hunter and his $18 million roster bonus that he's due at the end of next week. And I think a Cousins decision could very well come before then because the Colts are a quarterback-needy team. Mm. The Vikings just brought a new staff in. They are starting over from their leadership perspective, and I think it's okay to take a step back potentially in 2022 to set yourself up for 2023. And that's if you go get a quarterback at 12, and maybe it is a Kenny Pickett, maybe it is a Malik Willis, who knows. But the only way that you would upgrade that position over Kirk Cousins is if they got involved in a Deshaun Watson trade. And yeah, there was some smoke about that, but that was long before Kevin O'Connell was hired. And I just don't know that the team's going to be willing to wait and have a quarterback coming in that's going to be suspended for a few games, as we expect, and and not really have an option there. To me, it's much more important for them to get the $35 million off the books. If you could get a second and a fourth and get somebody to take all of the money, that's what I'm doing. Here's my thing, Chris. In the last month, the NFC has seen Tom Brady retire, Sean Payton at least step away for a year, and Russell Wilson be traded to Denver. If I'm a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, even if I'm not all in on Kirk Cousins long term, my path to the playoffs is pretty clear if my coach can figure out a way to get, make the most out of him. Like, that's sort of my logic, even yeah. though all the moving on stuff financially does make sense. It's well, a fair also, also, too, I mean, you, you didn't bring up Green Bay. Like, I think that Aaron Rodgers being back in Green Bay tempers some of the, oh, my gosh, we have to go win the NFC mm, North right. right now. If he's out, Kirk Cousins stays in, in Minnesota, no question, because they in, instantly become the best team in the division. Aaron Rodgers is going to be there for the next couple of years. So this is your chance to cut bait now if you can find somebody, as Chris said. I mean, I'm in the boat of take that stuff off of my cap, so I can get my cap healthy. All of these people who think the cap is a myth, and I absolutely hate seeing that on social media because it's false. Eventually the bill comes due, and you have to pay it. And that's just not the situation that the Vikings are in right now, and it shouldn't be long term. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, Feels great. You ought to try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and 5G nationwide on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability Coverage and speed may vary. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? Normally when I'm in this position, filling in for Greeny with Courtney or or with Amber or Hembo, I'm excited for this because it gives us a chance to visit with Bubba. And then some alarming news during the break that... um, Apparently, we did who you got yesterday, and we're going to do it again today. Is that accurate, Bubba? Yeah, well, Granger needs it, and the people need it, so yeah. Oh, okay, so it is a paid-for, demanded-for-by-the-sponsor segment 
that you are delivering right now. Absolutely. Who you got brought to you by Granger? They're asking for it. Okay. Bubba, Bubba I, I assume, though, you at least varied up the questions from yesterday as to, you know, make the show better, and I assume that you were astute in that regard? Was I supposed to do that? <laughs> You're just going to essentially press play from well, yesterday. We could have we'll recorded s- yesterday's segment and played it right now. We'll, <laughs> s- we'll see. You know, I, there might be some variation. But not with the first question, because Carson Wentz is back in the NFC East. Where do you rank him in the division? Who you got? Uh, Carson Wentz in the NFC East. God, I would rank him third and, and almost fourth. I would rank him third. I would definitely put him behind Prescott. I would absolutely put him behind Jalen Hurts. And I can't quite put him in front of Daniel Jones, but it's it's not all that far off, Courtney. I have the exact same rankings, and I think I want to rank the teams the same way as well with Dallas, Philly, Washington, and then New York. You know, Carson Wentz returning to the NFC East is such a great storyline because he's going to have to face Philly twice a year, and they also play the Colts this year. So there's going to be a lot of fun things that come up from a scheduling perspective. Um, But as it pertains to the quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts might be the answer in Philadelphia. Now, I know I threw this out there with Hembo earlier of, like, which surprise team could actually get into the quarterback market. It still wouldn't surprise me if it's Philly, but I think that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback no question, than Carson Wentz. And clearly the Philadelphia Eagles see that as well, considering they were okay parting with him when they traded him to Indianapolis. So, yeah, Prescott, Hurts, Wentz, Daniel Jones way, way, way at the bottom. Mm. Go ahead, Bubba. All right, so you want some variety? I can give you some variety. And That's let's, awfully sporty of you. I'll, I'll even give you some hockey, because how about this one? Ooh. Golden Knights center Jack Eichel returned to Buffalo for the first time last night. Sorry, Christine, after being traded. And he said this. Give a listen. Just about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> really? After after uh, it only took seven years of me leaving for them to uh, get into the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was mixed. Uh, you know, it was a nice tribute, and uh, you know, um, there was plenty of people here that were supporting me, and there was plenty of people here that were booing me. So uh, they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here. I don't know. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the first kid to deal with it, so. Just move on, and uh, yeah, it was a tough game. You know, give them credit; they played hard. All right, that's old Jack. So, whose side are you on here, Jack or the Sabers fans? Who you got, Courtney? You go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Sabers side of this, and I know it's t- it's a tough situation because they drafted him second overall. He was the face of the franchise. He's a dynamic talent. I get that, and he shouldered expectations. But they kept losing, and I think like the fact of the matter of them stripping him of his candidacy in September. And then, like, tell him, like, stay home so we can trade you. Like, don't come to training camp. Like, that's a really tough spot to be in. And I feel like Sabres fans have every single right to be upset that it didn't work out considering the circumstances. Like, there's people are always going to look at the price tag. Kind of going back to that Kirk Cousins thing that we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Like, if you are not worth the price you are being paid and the team keeps losing – you probably deserve to be booed, especially if you're brought in as the face of the franchise. Here is a sentence I never thought I would be uttering today. Jack uh, Eichel wants all the smoke, and I love him for it. I'm (laughs) siding with Jack Eichel because he goes into the belly of the Buffalo Beast last night and just absolutely hammers the fans after the fact. I I tell you, 
It takes a special kind of guts to go and do that after how badly that ended. I will give Jack Eichel some credit just for that, for not backing off of it altogether. The college basketball season is heating up. That means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of Wooden Award nominees to watch as the season rolls on. The ACC and Big 12 tournaments are on ESPN Radio tonight. And that means Duke freshman Paolo Banchero and Kansas senior Okai Agbaji. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. Greeny, brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Was I anywhere close? I, okay, that, that, was, that was a situation in which um, <laughs> you should have read it in the break and asked. I, I did read it in the break. I just didn't OJ ask Abaji. Okay, Abaji. I should know that. Uh, <laughs> 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 Who you got continues? He's like win the Wooden Award. <laughs> I mean, I did give you like the two worst names to possibly And I say. feel like that was on purpose at, at that yeah. point. The new feature in Who if You Got. If it does yeah. not happen in the Big Ten, chances are I'm probably a little bit behind on it. But nonetheless. So you're able Bubba, to say Ron Harper. <laughs> exactly. And I will be hopefully saying that a lot at 2 p.m. this afternoon Eastern time. Go ahead. Um, all right. How about some more variety? We're talking about <laughs> games here. We got games coming on. It's been a while since we picked games, right? We used to pick NFL games all the time. Let's pick a college game. Because coming up today, 12 o'clock, Fordham, Davidson, 12 o'clock, A-10 quarterfinals. But it's Davidson minus 12 and a half. Can you believe it? Who you got here? Fordham in the quarterfinals for the first time since 2007. Who you got here? Numbers light. <laughs> Numbers light. Lay the wood. Give me Davidson just for what you just did to me. Give me Davidson, Courtney. Um, I think the Rams will pull off the upside. There we go. I like I like coming on this show. <laughs> I like being invited back. So sometimes, Chris, you got to take the L in terms of pride, and in terms of maybe like the betting lines, right? And you choose, you go with your gut because I want Bubba to invite me back. There That's we fair. go. Hey, I like it, and I do like uh, Kyle Neptune. Sent a great job. Absolutely, Kyle sure Neptune. Has. I'm all, I'm all over that. I got that. <laughs> Uh, who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. We got about one minute. I'll just do this one quick. The other one's too convoluted. So I went to go see the Batman on Tuesday. It was way too long. It was could have been a good two hours. It was hour. three hours. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Oh, it could, it could have been a good two-hour movie. It was way too long. So simple question. What's your favorite superhero movie? Who you got? Uh, for me, it is... It's Batman, and it's... The original? Uh, I, I would say the original, because uh, I love Michael Keaton, but Christian Bale was tremendous. All three, uh, the, the second two of those three, the two Dark Knight movies were the best. Courtney? Yeah. Dark you know, Knight. I'm just starting to get into the Justice League stuff. Um, mm. So I guess maybe I would say that. Like, I'm not a huge superhero person, though. So yeah, I never sorry. really have been either, but I, Christian Bale was just so good in those. That's why I'm rolling there. Bubba, I hate you. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.